The Spirals of Inquiry podcast is a Made in Canada monthly series that connects with educational leaders across the province, nation, and world who have implemented the Spirals of Inquiry framework into their practice. Some guests are teachers, and others are in administrative positions who will each reflect upon their experiences and share a wealth of knowledge to support others in their spirals of inquiry journey. This is a place where networking and professional development collide. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the very first Spirals of Inquiry, an educational podcast interview. I would like to introduce myself. I will do so first in the traditional language to this territory. Why Huskal, Squeeze Ashley Aoki, Kinmut Till Summerland. I just introduced myself in Insultion and I said, hello, good day. My name is Ashley Aoki and I live in Summerland, BC. I am super grateful to be joining you today uh, from the traditional unceded ancestral territory of the Okanagan Seal peoples, and in particular, the Penticton Indian Band. Today, I was super grateful to be on the land with my students. I am currently doing a nature journaling process with them, and that has been going on since September. And even though it was pretty windy, it was nice to feel the uh, wind on my skin and it was a little bit uh, cold outside, but it was nice to be out there. I'm super grateful today because I get to be interviewing, I get to be, I'm interviewing uh, Tammy Kay and I will let her introduce herself. Um, Tammy Kay is such a bright light and I'm so glad that I get to interview her and I also get to work alongside her. So Tammy Kay, over to you. Good afternoon. I would like to um, just mention that I feel very privileged and grateful to be joining you from the unceded and ancestral territory of the people. I acknowledge my responsibility to take action that supports truth and reconciliation in my community and as a global citizen. And I'm very grateful to be able to work with Ashley and collaborate with many people in our district um, on works of equity. So thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Tammy is a brilliant instructor in School District 67. And um, we also happen to be leading a learning session together throughout the year, focusing on nature journaling and the spirals of inquiry, which is what we're going to be talking about today. So Tammy, would you mind please sharing your journey with the spirals of inquiry because it's my understanding that you actually studied alongside Judy and Linda. <laughs> yes, that's what happens when you're a dinosaur. You get to claim that you've done a lot of things. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Ashley and I are even in the process of inquiring right now with our nature journaling because that's sort of um, a system of beliefs. So uh, action research was something that had been part of my process from the beginning of my career, where we would investigate questions and look for uh, patterns and wonder 
and then try new things and see what happened. It could be with students. It could be with colleagues. Uh, usually it was both. So we had questions. Um, we'd look to understand why patterns of learning and behavior accompany each other. And, you know, that's sort of integral to the way that I design my learning experiences for children and families that I worked with. The spirals um, was a process that was being developed at the same time I decided to do my master's degree. Um, I'd done uh, inquiry projects um, up at West Bench for almost eight years before that. So um, I had waited a long time before choosing a university program that aligned with my beliefs about education. So when Lyndon uh, Kaser and Judy Halbert offered this as a master's in innovative leadership, um, through VIU, uh, that was an easy fit for me. I didn't really want to just do uh, curriculum and assessment and design. I wanted to really uh, dive into the, the questions part of it and get to design my own learning. And, and that system of uh, inquiry was a really, really um, open-ended, uh, beautiful fit for me. Mm. And can you just tell me a little bit about how the spirals of inquiry has shaped your teaching or your teaching shaped by the spirals of inquiry? I guess it's both. Um, but to me, you are really an educator that braids, um, whether it's, you know, supporting in self-regulation and literacy and language arts, um, you're all, it seems to me as an observer and someone who just admires you so much, you're constantly braiding, um, finding the links between. So can you tell me a little bit about how that's shaped your practice and how your practice has been shaped by it? Oh, sure. Thank you. That's so kind. Um, I think because of the equity focus with the intent on reaching our most vulnerable learners, the spirals of inquiry really helps um, you know, sort of design how you want things to unfold and when they don't unfold the way you expect them to, which is just about always, um, <laughs> you you get a chance to go back uh, and kind of systematically um, look through what what happened. So searching through questions rather than looking for answers is a really nice piece of the spirals for me. Um, it connects so much to the learning cycle. I think if you compare the two, you can see how um, that's an easy fit. If you look at the first people's principles and the seven learning principles, those align and they align with the spirals. Even the early learning framework is really, really um, woven into how the, the spirals work. I think something that's important to me as an educator in my classroom and working with colleagues is that sense of rigor and that systematic way of looking at something um, that something is research based. It doesn't just, you know, you don't just do it because it's a neat activity that there's that uh, horizontal and vertical connectedness throughout what you're doing. Um, and the spirals for me, for sure, if you look at some of the people, uh, Lorna Earl, Helen Timperley, um, Hattie Hargreaves, Fullen, Willems, those people are all people that if you look at this framework, it fits completely into their research as well. Spirals is meant to be collaborative. And I think teaching is meant to be collaborative, that we should be always working together with colleagues. Uh, because first of all, we can't notice our own limitations in thinking. Um, 
And secondly, we miss some opportunities sometimes of those incidental learnings that take place uh, if we don't have a chance to go, oh yeah, and that happened because we're explaining it out loud with a colleague. So that collaborative piece of that professional learning piece um, is really important to me in my room when I'm designing a lesson. And we want that to also be part of the kids learning. So how are they going to be collaborative in, you know, helping one another get to where they need to be or what their goals are, or even just showing um, respect and equity for that. Um, and that the same for students in our lesson plan designs that we want actionable and accountable mm -hmm. goals. And, mm -hmm. and we want to go from there and then, you know, what next? So yeah. if you look at it through those lenses, that's how it supports student learning because it's not, um, it's not an answer focus, it's a process. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, I, I've been a smart learning helping teacher for a long time. And even when we didn't have helping teachers in the district, that was still something that I continued to do. Because, again, this process aligns so easily with smart learning and mm -hmm. the tools for experiential learning and access points um, that it's just such a nice uh, weaving together of concepts and research and professional learning that it, it just makes sense to me. Totally. I really um, appreciate you also highlighting that the spirals of inquiry isn't just something that looks pretty or something that you do just for fun or because that's a new activity that it's really grounded in research. And so for folks that might not be as familiar with the spirals of inquiry, that it's based on years of research that aligns with people who have been in the research for years and those who um, their own research aligns with and to the spirals of inquiry. Um, I wondered if you would mind, you had hinted at and I had hinted at the uh, most recent nature journaling process and how we are supporting and you are supporting educators but also students through the spirals framework um, to really support their learning um, and just kind of walking through I'm just thinking about some folks who might not be as familiar with the spirals of inquiry and you know what that process has looked like so far for us and where you see learning going next for you in your classroom but also for the teachers too. Oh sure so I think nature drilling um, is one of those places where we can do a lot of learning that isn't um, necessarily singularly curricular, that you can collapse curriculum. And again, the beauty of the spirals is there is no one curriculum this works with. This is a process of looking at practice and moving from there. So you could be high school, you could be very specialized, like home economics, um, you know, tech ed, whatever it happens to be. And this process will still uh, unfold and give you information and actionable goals that help you connect to your students personally in relationship, but also guide, guide your practice. So with nature journaling, um, something that I love about it is that it gives access points for students and teachers to decide how they wish to have this unfold. Um, in a, the classroom that I work in, um, because questioning and being curious is a big part of um, what we do in general and what we're trying to foster, 
we're in a school where those opportunities are not readily available to students uh, after school, that those times um, are often unsupervised or supervised with uh, technology substitutes where children are being um, passive uh, observers of their life rather than active participants. So they're watching somebody on a screen do something cool or, you know, do feats of, you know, heroism or sports athletic feats and, and yet can't run, jump and throw or can't uh, go out and look at something and observe it and be still for a few minutes. So mm-hmm. the beauty of this practice in um, my own setting is that not only uh, does it help us to be outside and be really grounded in our area in the sense of gratitude um, and just giving a different um, context to a learning space, but it also helps students understand how to regulate themselves, how to um, not need to have an answer, uh, how to have more questions, how to research and really observe to look at what they're actually seeing and see it not just uh draw you know if they're drawing a tree we don't have these you know puffy circles with these two lines as the trunk like no that's not what we're looking at so Mm -hmm. to really observe and to really take notice and to be actively alive in what's going on around them so that they can find you know connection and joy and relationship and gratitude which then helps them do that once they get back to the classroom. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we can involve, you know, the story workshop items and the building and the representing of ideas and concepts, which then lead to, um, they're like outlines for writing or outlines for creating or outlines for, um, you know, numerical data, whatever you want, you want to be looking at. So I, I think, again, the spirals gives us a chance to ask a question that's quite open-ended, but then it might lead us down another path. So mm-hmm. the beauty of it is that that question we're asking, you know, how, how does doing nature journaling outside help uh, regulate our students? Mm-hmm. That might end up, you know, taking us to, we didn't anticipate this, but it's actually improving how how much writing we're getting out of them and quality mm-hmm. versus quantity. So when students have the opportunity to, um, you know, really listen in a setting that is you know, rich with sound, rich with texture, rich with uh, smell, <laughs> visually rich, you know, mm-hmm. having those opportunities to think back and look back and experience things that's when their writing becomes really good because we're providing prior knowledge now. Mm -hmm. We're not accessing it. Um, And and that gives our students, especially where I am, um, a little bit of the equity piece because those things are not being provided necessarily at home, not for lack of want, um, but because they just do not have the capacity to do that, the resources Mm -hmm. to do that, the time. Um, totally. And I really love that you had said that your question might be focused, for example, on self-regulation. But then for us, what we are noticing, too, is that there are benefits in other places. And it's interesting because um, today I had some 
teacher candidates in the classroom and we had gone out and one of the teacher candidates said, oh, I asked one of your students what you're learning about right now and how come it's important. And they could accurately describe to me what they're learning about and why it's important. And I think that that's such a beautiful element of the spirals. A gift of the element is those questions are still relevant, even if you're at a different part of the spiral. Um, and so, yeah. Well, and then they can personalize that. So not only yeah. do they know what they're studying in class in general, but they can make that very personal. So mm -hmm. now you're um, addressing competencies, core competencies, and curricular competencies in the same in the same way. So it makes that learning all the more impactful because they can actually say, this is what we're learning about and this is why it's important and this is why it's important to me. Yes, oh yeah, that last part is gold. Yeah, totally. I have not um, added that last component, but yeah, that's that's magic for sure. Um, I wanted well, to- setting goals around that is, is is why we are so interested in that piece. Mm -hmm. We can't have students setting goals around things that aren't personally relevant to them. Not mm -hmm. everyone's goal is gonna look the same. The task might be the same, mm -hmm. but the goals shouldn't be the same. The criteria will be the same, but the goals, the things we use to get there might not be the same. So that's the beauty of, again, going in this process based rather than um, you know, looking at a specific outcome and then checking some boxes. So mm -hmm. the, the other thing I love about the spirals is that it, um, it does not assume that the teacher is the keeper of all knowledge. And, you know, I can't even tell you how many times I have, you know, done an activity and just facilitated it in a way that I am just blown away by the things I did not think about that students think about. And it's just the most rewarding thing to watch them uh, grow into themselves and then show you something and then you being able to tell them how amazing that thought was. So for us to think that we could possibly have every possible outcome in our head when we have a question, um, first of all, is is ludicrous. And second of all, is is not it, it's not really equity. It's it's yeah. assuming that you it's, it's taking a lot of things into assumption that you, you know, you really shouldn't be doing. Um, and, and so I, I love the question aspect because, boy, that can take us just about anywhere and not in a derailing way and an off task way, but in a really purposeful way. If you're there to structure and guide the conversations again around the actionable and accountability pieces of, of your practice. And I was just going to tie back that statement to that is equity. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it really boils down to this is equity that every person, including the educator, you know, the facilitator of learning is getting the things that they need and has access to what they need. And sometimes the students are the leaders and a lot of times they are. And sometimes those roles reverse or sometimes we're co-leading. And so I think that that's such a brilliant point that, um, you brought up. I wonder kind of ping-ponging off of that is what are some of the success stories that you have had in using the spirals? Um, maybe some some things that you're like, wow, this is really, you know, 
demonstrated or highlighted this um, shifted my supported my practice in this way or I don't know some successes well there's a, a lot of a lot of examples I could draw from but probably the one that I found sort of um, that committed me to this process in a way that you know once you've seen and heard something you can't you can't go back right and that for me was when I did this um, process for myself entering a new school um, and entering a school that uh, did not have a lot of Indigenous students, um, did not have a lot of understanding of Indigenous ways of knowing and being, was very early on um, in the um, exploration of that, I guess I'll say, from the ministry. Um, I started my career in Bella Coola, so I was, I'm so very grateful to have been part of um, the New Hope Nation's um, goal setting and, you know, support for families and teaching um, at Exalcha in Bella Coola. And that really gave me such a lens um, that when I came here, it was one of the lenses that I kept. And to go into a school and wonder, you know, if we have these conversations um, with parents as well as, you know, the, the student body, what, what might come of it? And I think for me, one of the most, um, one of the most enjoyable experiences, um, and, and actually it just, just happened was, um, one of the members from the class decided that they would reach out and see about their own heritage. And they discovered they were Métis. Mm -hmm. And I just recently went to the Métis sashing mm -hmm. in October, just, just this October, where uh, she stood up and as a parent of a student in my class was sashed and received that um, in front of her Métis community. And I just think, you know, it's such a small thing mm -hmm. to try something. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But if it does, but if it does, oh my gosh, you yeah. can't possibly know uh, where it's going to go. And of course, there was no way on earth that I had any idea that, you know, at this particular school where, you know, there were no identified Indigenous students, this would ever have been the outcome. Like, that, mm -hmm. that's, you know, I, I don't claim to have thought that even for a moment. But the fact mm -hmm. that that was one of the incidental pieces of learning for me, mm -hmm. that it just, um, it just solidified my conviction that my job as an educator, my call to action is moral purpose. And that that is what the spirals allows and not in a um sort of an i have all the answers kind of way that i just have all the questions and maybe some yes. and that we will go exploring this together and um trip up quite possibly um but if we're not doing anything we're already not doing it so you know it's almost like an unassumed failure if you do nothing so i just felt like it was an easy way to launch in. Um, and I, you know, I've had a, 
a few successes with individual students. So that was a, a parent example, mm -hmm. a, student, a student example, um, you know, learning how to have their voice heard and to acknowledge that it did matter. Um, that was a, another huge, um, huge win for that student and for me that they allowed me to be part of that process where they did not let culture feel dirty or bad to them, that they came out of that thinking. A uh, lot of work still to do, but that the journey began because of some questions and because of some text and things we were using in the class that that person felt seen and heard. Um, so that was that was a beautiful beautiful happening too for me oh. and then one example as a as a parent group so I I was at a different school at this time but I thought I'll, I'll become part of a book club uh, with the parents that I you know teach some of their kids and normally I wouldn't have done this um, because you know sometimes that can be a little odd <laughs> but I just thought well I can always not go if I don't want to um, <laughs> So I picked um, The Absolutely True Diary of a Part-Time Indian because I knew they had also done no reading. These are people that were of very high privilege, uh, lots of income, lots of disposable income. Um, and what better way to start a contentious conversation than a book like that? So I remained in that book club for quite a few years. Uh, and it was really a neat experience to... Um, watch people become more engaged in what they were reading. So yeah. just a question, I wonder what would happen to student values when we actually talk to parents and talk about their values and then influence that maybe, or at least disrupt it a little bit and see what happens. So mm -hmm. that was, yeah, that was pretty, pretty fun too. Oh, Tammy. <laughs> You share such wisdom and gold, and I'm so excited to share this conversation with a broader audience because everyone deserves to know and love you as much as I know and Aww. love you. Thank you, Ashley. We need I, each other, right? We need we each do. other. That's, that's the gold. And that's the whole beauty of the network is that it cannot exist with one single person. Like you need each other. We need each other. Mm -hmm. So just to um, kind of wrap up our first interview together, <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a couple of rapid fire questions. I called it the spiralizer. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Real oh, I love good vocab. You know me. I love good vocab. So I'm into it. The spiralizer. So here's some questions and meant to be rapid fire, but if you would like to add a little bit more, you feel free to do so. Okay, um, sure. My first question for you is, what are you currently curious about? Well, my problem is I'm curious about everything. Um, but what I'm curious about right now is how to design a lesson template that would help us with trauma-informed practice and inclusion, especially around um, anti-racism materials. Oh, so good. 
if you get it developed, I'd love to. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure it'll be a work in progress. <laughs> I'd love to see it <laughs> um, and use it. I finished the sentence for me. I used to think, and now I think. Hmm. I used to think everybody was interested in joy. Um, but now I think that people have different things that they need and want. And to not go in with the assumption that everyone is, is looking for just things that bring them joy. Finish the sentence for me. The spirals of inquiry framework is important because. Oh, all of the things um, that I think I probably already said that it's uh, it has rigor, it's systematic, it's researched, it's collaborative, it supports professional learning, it's actionable, it's accountability, you can never be finished. Uh, it applies to everything, everyone, every context. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> it's everything. It's everything. <laughs> A book I'm currently reading and enjoying is? Ooh, The Myth of Norble by Gabor Mate. Um, <gasps> yes. It's a big one. So enjoying, I use that word loosely. Um, I've read the whole thing and now I'm going and rereading it because I, yeah, there's, there, it's a lot. It's so good, but it's so much. <laughs> His so, writing oh, is so good and so much. So much, yeah. There's a lot that you can do with just one chapter. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And a lot that applies to personal and professional life. Indeed. Um, if you were going to sum up your time together with me and you were, you were like, oh, I really would hope that this is something someone took away from our conversation, what would it be? Uh, courage. Courage to try something that you haven't tried uh, using the spirals any way, any place, um, because the spirals is a framework. So it's a spiral. So you don't always have to start with a hunch or a scan. You can sometimes start with a question or an action and then spin around the other way. So, yeah, just uh, dive in wherever you're at whether it's you know trying something or hunching or re-imagining re your question um and then flow from there mm. tammy <laughs> thank you so much for spending this time with us i think you're such a joy and such a gift to education and awesome. i am so grateful that i get to partner with you this year and this season. Um, I have admired you from afar and now I get to admire you close. <laughs> um, well, you know, we just, yeah. we just together, we are better. That's just, that's just how it is. And it's just such a, such a gift to have people that are interested and enthusiastic. And when you surround yourself by those people, um, it's just inspiring because I've been doing this for a long time. So it's nice to have people like yourself that are young and interested and give me new ideas and want to collaborate. And that to me is that's the goal right there. Absolutely. If this podcast means something to you, 
It would mean so much to us for you to do the three following things. Number one, follow or subscribe to the podcast. Following or subscribing helps you because you'll never miss an episode. And it helps us because you will never miss an episode. While you're there, be sure to leave us a five-star rating or review. And if this wasn't an episode that you enjoyed, don't worry about it. And finally, share an episode that you did love with your family members, colleagues, or friends. And be sure to share it on social media. This podcast is created in partnership with the Network of Inquiry and Indigenous Education. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.